0: Oh yes, it was, it's coming in. in three, three two, one.
1: 1.
0: On the air with FDT FDT TV. TV, the premier West Ham and Arsenal football podcast, brought to you every Monday by Michael Hawes and Ian Vulcan. That was a the right button this time. We are now <laughs> recording with some audio to that. Is a very good sign uh not only for me but also for mike because we did sort of just do about four minutes with no audio at all but that being said it is 2022 and we are back how was your Happy christmas <laughs> we're gonna do it again we're gonna do it again how's your christmas and new year mike
2: oh mate it's busy it's very busy and um, nice to see the family traveling around <laughs> I had to go back to work though, which was really good. um Nice, nice little break from uh, from everything that was going on. How was yours?
0: Yeah, everyone was the same, mate. Very busy, and then then they went back to work, which was which was busier than it's ever been before in the, in the time that I've worked there. And then you never guess what happened on New Year's Eve. Like right? the dog jumped on the table.
2: Nah, I would Like he's on ice skates so these... <laughs> no, and
0: went round these.
2: Knowing the size of your dog as well, I have
0: <laughs> say. So, put him away, right? he didn't know what he'd done wrong because he was giggling the whole time but, there we go there you go, that's what you missed out on spot, uh, on, spot on long long story short uh, but uh <clears throat> as, as i said just before that west ham have uh, sort of found a little bit of form again after their boxing day failure acts against southampton and arsenal's continued their form or good form from that of um
2: relegation fodder that they were at the beginning of the season yeah, to be honest, mate, I'm still not too uh, too confident about finishing in the top four. If I'm being completely honest, I mean, it would be an improvement um, from either, possibly top six, uh, top four with the teams that we've got around us. Obviously, you Manchester United, Spurs, yourselves. Um, I think it, it's going to be one of the more difficult ones to call the top six this year. Uh, than it has previously been. Obviously, Manchester City running away with the league at the moment. Uh, Chelsea not too far behind. Liverpool as well are are still up there. And I think that... Man City, I think, are going to win it. Yep. Um, But I do think, obviously, Chelsea and Liverpool are going to fight it out amongst themselves. Uh, I know we have got to play them again a couple of times. um, Or not a couple of times. We have got to play them again later on in the season. So it would be a good testament to see again where we are... (laughs) in the grand scheme of things, and we could cause some upsets between those teams. Um, but obviously, we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah.
0: And uh, it's all sort of going to be a bit of a shake-up because obviously the transfer window is open. We've seen some teams sign some players. Uh, we've seen some teams linked with millions of players, as as with Arsenal and West Ham. Uh, but as of yet, all quiet on the transfer front. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the AFCon, Africa... Mm-hmm. Confederation's Cup, whatever it's called, is, is uh is going on. So there'll be a number of players that are leaving. Uh namely hamid Salah, Sardi Mane, Ed Rama, I don't know who's going from, from Arsenal, I'm sure there's a few.
2: Abamiang, Thomas Partey, Sambi conga No, he's from Belgium. Um but Wilf saha
0: probably yeah. will be going. The people who won't be going all play for Watford and Watford as essentially said nah you can get out of it we ain't sending our players in the middle of the season um which fair enough uh especially with the performance of uh dennis he's been he's been flying recently and if he continues it i imagine he'll probably end up somewhere rather larger
2: than Watford, um going forward but how do what is your take on that i want to ask you your take on that about uh, a club that's Preventing a player going to um, to represent their country, I, I, I could imagine. it Obviously, they're ultimately they're the people paying his wages or yes. paying their wages um, and stuff like that. But denying someone an opportunity to go and represent their country, it doesn't kind of sit well with me.
1: No.
2: I, I, I suppose it depends on how vital they are to the team, and but I suppose i have kind of answering my own question here, is that depending on squad depth and on all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I
0: mean, it's one of those things, if you're in great form for the Premier League, do you want to leave? Um, I think possibly conversations we'll have had and had behind the scenes with the players to say, this is what we're going to do. What do you think? I think if the player really protested, they'd probably be let go because actually that's easier than um, keeping them when they, they want to play elsewhere at that time. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. It's mm-hmm. a hard one. It's an odd to competition, but when you look at the rest of the leagues sort of around Europe, there are lots of breaks uh, this time of year. So it makes sense for it to happen at that point. Um, mm-hmm. The interesting thing will be, well, say it will be, will be the World Cup next year. Well, this year, yep. in fact, because it's 2022 now. Yeah, um, boy. Because that's going to happen in winter. So there will be a winter break from the Premier League. Um, I think it would have been interesting to see what would happen if you just sort of played through. If all the big clubs lose all their players and have to forfeit every match. It'd
2: be great. <laughs> yeah. End up with like some third string team. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's for six weeks. That's, that's what they got squad numbers for.
0: Exactly. You know, so you put, all this thing about registering 174 players for homegrown <laughs> status and stuff, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things. But, I think what's probably the best thing to do is to start off with is the predictions. Because we made some predictions. um, Obviously, a little while ago now, because they were before Christmas that we made them. Um, We missed, obviously, a few games because of... I don't know if you realised. And then we can carry on with good form with the FA Cup and the Premier League fixture this week.
2: Yep, no worries at all. Uh, So we've got the just a recap of the last predictions uh, this is how far back it's going arsenal played sunderland in the carabao cup uh tottenham versus west ham in the carabao cup uh, west ham versus southampton and norwich versus arsenal so it's the uh boxing day fixtures i believe or just after christmas um and the league cups just before so um just going back to the arsenal versus sunderland game uh obviously you made a prediction of 1-0 to sunderland and i made a 3-1 prediction uh, the score was 5-1. So obviously I get a point for the correct result. Obviously not the correct score. Uh, so one point to me, zero to you. Tottenham versus West Ham, you had 2-1, I had 2-0. And as we know, the score was 2-1. So well done for that one. So three points to you and one point to me for the uh, correct result. West Ham versus Southampton, 0-0 uh, nil, nil, uh, was your prediction. 1-1 one, one was mine. Southampton ended up winning 3-2. Uh, uh, so no points for either us there. And then Norwich versus Arsenal, you had 5-0, I had 3-0. Uh, obviously, the score was 5-0, so that's three points to you and one point to me. So a cracking week for you, my old chap. So six points to you and three points to me. So the score uh, for the season so far, um, Ian, you are now currently leading on 30 points. And I'm, I would say coming up the rear, but that sounds rather disgusting. Um, <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm currently in second. Yeah, I'm second. I'm not losing. I'm second. You're second. Um, with how many points? Uh? <laughs> Twenty-eight.
0: 20. So it's so still reasonably close. Still all to play yes. for. It's a lot closer than it has been in recent seasons. um <laughs> But we do have a few fixtures to predict. So the first being a Premier League fixture between the mighty Arsenal, who host
1: Liverpool.
2: It's the Carabao Cup. Is that the Carabao Cup? Is it? Carabao Cup semi final mate oh, leg
0: okay. one okay my my mistake yeah. it's not it's not a premier league fixture it's two cup
2: fixtures or three cup fixtures yes. in fact
0: but yeah so go on what what's what's your take on on that
2: um just to recap um the game against man city obviously that was the most recent fixture for us uh i thought we gave a good account of ourselves um possibly a bit unfortunate as we'll come on to a bit later on in the podcast um but i think if we can put together more displays like that, maybe not um, so much in conceding the penalty and getting a man sent off. But in terms of the work rate, uh, I think we could give Liverpool a game. Um, I'm interested to see, to see how they're going to approach this game. Obviously, becoming uh, to the latter stages of the competition, it's a chance for any one of the four teams to pick up some silverware, which I think for us is vitally important this year. Um, As I mentioned at the start of the season, I think um, a a top four place with a piece of silverware or a domestic trophy would be a good season for us. Um, So I would like to say that we will go out with quite a strong team. Um, Again, you have mentioned about the AFCON um, Cup. So obviously there are going to be players missing from both squads. I think it's going to affect Liverpool more than it will Arsenal. Which may turn in our favour. So, and because we are home and the defeat against Manchester City was the first defeat at home in a long time for us. And I think we could potentially get back to winning ways. Um, where am I going to go? I, do you know what? I'm going to be confident about this one. I'm going to go for a 3 1 Arsenal. 3 1 Arsenal. Very good. We'll say so, uh, Gabriel, He's
0: his card will carry over because it, it was a. Uh... He got two yellows, didn't he? So he'll be banned for <laughs> this one. Um, but so as you said, uh, Sadio Mane, Hamid Salah, Keita not in the squad for Liverpool potentially, which makes them much weaker. I think, who they replacing with? What? Jota comes in, you'd say, uh, Origi, and Firmino up front. Oh. So arguably less potent of a strike for. I do think they're going to nick an early one, but I think you'll overcome it. I'm going to go 2-1 to Arsenal.
2: You just reminded me, actually, there's uh still available. So can I change my score to 3-2 or do I have to go with my... No, answer? you can change it. I
0: don't care. I'm in the lead. I
2: just, <laughs> rid-
0: rid- I just ridicule you, if, you uh, if it comes in.
2: All right. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with 3-2 uh, on that one. Um so but going back, um I think this next one's an FA Cup game for, it is, yes. for you guys. It is we uh West, we host Leeds West Ham versus
0: Leeds. Yeah. Uh well obviously we're we're back to, to winning ways and being massive. Uh all is right in the world. Uh and Leeds are still going through arguably one of the worst injury crises of recent memory. Um and Their games are not allowed to be postponed like everyone else because they've got legitimate injuries rather than a fake COVID. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I I think we're going to win this. Um, I think we'll probably play some youngsters. I think Harrison Ashby might come in. But, again, he's been really good when he's been playing. I'm going to go. I'm going to
1: go 2-0.
2: West Ham to be honest mate I literally was just thinking that scoreline for myself but um, obviously just to mix things up a bit uh, obviously we will see some rotated squads uh, for West Ham obviously I think their focus is going to be more on um, the league this year um, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you got to the fourth or fifth round and that's when we see West Ham taking an exit from the FA Cup Um but I'm going to go for 2-1 on this one. 2-1, one, fair enough. Just uh, spice it up a bit.
0: And that, the last, but certainly not, least, not in the least, Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal.
2: Yes, again, <clears throat> I think it's another chance. Just from looking at the team that played against Sunderland, again, it was a, a much rotated squad. Uh, we did see, I, I pretty much called the, the team selection for that. So we did see Balogun coming in. Um, the likes of Mohamed El and all players. So uh, again, I wouldn't be surprised to see something very similar, depending on the the team that we put out against Liverpool. Um, <clears throat> I think possibly we'll go for a strong, a stronger team against Liverpool and a rotated squad against Nottingham Forest. Um, but I, I think potentially they're going to be good value for money, just because obviously we are playing away, uh, and I think. This trophy means a lot more for the teams in lower divisions than it does for, um, for the teams in the Premier League. Not not trying to devalue the 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 FA Cup by any means because we are one of the most successful teams in the the FA Cup. Um, but, uh, I think with the squad rotation, I mean, we did give a good, a good account of ourselves against Sunderland. Um, I think they played well for. The first kind of like 10, 15 minutes uh, we scored and gave them a bit, a bit of a sucker punch, but we'll they, they come back into it and then we just kind of seem to run riot. And I think I'm, I want to be confident and say that we will see something similar to this. I think it will be a bit more of a challenge, but I'm going to go for a four four one.
0: Oh, almost the same as what I was going to say. Um, I was going to go 4 nil, but I'm not. I'm going to change it. Um I do think you're right. Nottingham Forest at home—they're going to be up for it. It's the biggest game in a long time for them, um so that will make it more difficult. It's currently sitting ninth in the championship, not not pulling up trees, but not in any danger. I think they've got nine wins, seven draws, and nine losses. <laughs> uh, well, in fact, I know that. I just looked it up. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, I think
1: uh, I think because of because they'll be up for it, it will be a bit more of a
0: challenge. I'm going to free three-one to Arsenal. I was going to go, so I was going to go 4-0, but then I thought about it. Um, so, I mean, my gut instinct didn't serve me too badly last week, so maybe I should have gone with it. But hey-ho, that's what it is. Uh, but yeah, there are our, our fixtures for this week. So if you haven't already, then go over to the YouTube channel, subscribe to it, and leave your predictions in the comment section below. Uh, we always like to have a look, see what other people have thought. Um, well, is a new year. So that means there's a new intro. What it also means is VAR hasn't fucking changed. Uh, So uh, without further ado, let's roll the intro. We did have just then the PAR intro. If you didn't realize already, PAR is quite a pile of shit. Um, this, let's not beat around the bush. We had the squiggly lines that are drawn on the pitch. We had the footballs. We had Mike screaming. And we just had everyone going, no. Uh, and if you didn't realize, there was a hidden little joke in there. All of you is paying attention, how long VAR takes. Um, but a few incidents of note this week, Mike. I think, first of all, we should start with the Arsenal game against uh, Manchester City. So Manchester City got a penalty, uh, which was converted. Was it? Or was it converted? It was converted, wasn't it? Uh, and then uh, Arsenal
1: went for a penalty. Talk us through it. Obviously, we've got a picture of it. Talk us
2: through it. Yeah. Right. So th- this happened, I think, within the first 15 minutes of the game for the, the penalty. Shout for us. Um, at that particular point, I think we'd sustained around about seven or eight minutes of pressure onto Manchester City. the The threat was coming. Um, we could we could definitely see that we were up for this uh, particular game. <clears throat> it was a lovely through ball. I can't remember who played the ball through, um, but uh, Martin Erdegaard running through to try and retrieve the ball, uh, scooped it in or tried to scoop round the ball with his left foot, and Edison are coming in and. I would in fact I'm not even going to say what would seem like because you can see from um some of the, the the videos and the different angles that somehow people have managed to get hold of um that actually Edison didn't touch the ball at all as well um he took through uh, Martin Erdegaard and committed a foul it went to VAR was checked for about 2 minutes apparently they'd had a look at 10 or they checked it about ten times and ultimately come to the decision that it was inconclusive and therefore um the decision not to sort of the award, award the penalty was given. And um yeah, we ultimately paid for that. But that would have taken us into a nice little one one win. Um <clears throat> yeah. Later on in the game, um I think it was uh Bruno, not Bruno Fernandez, um what was his name? Oh, I can't remember his fucking name. It was the Manchester City guy, Bruno something.
1: Bruno, you got uh Silva.
2: Ah, Silver. that's his name, Bernardo Silva. That's it. Mm. Um, yeah. So he um went into the penalty box. Granite, a uh, granite jacker special. Uh, but I think it was a bit unfortunate because uh, whilst there was some slight contact. In fact, I don't even think it made contact with his leg. Uh. Bernardo Silva was um, on his way down and um, Granit Granite has obviously then grabbed hold of his shirt, but obviously he's then felt the contact, exaggerated the going down. And uh, yeah, the penalty was given. Um, I think from most Arsenal fans, you would feel cheated by this outcome. But I suppose in one sense, you could look at that decision and say, he's pulled his shirt in the box. Regardless of whether he's going down or not, um, that is committing a foul. <coughs> so I can't, I can't be too annoyed with that one. But I suppose from one aspect of it, because he's already going down, you do feel kind of cheated because if he won't, if it wasn't for the shirt pull, he would be going down. And there's no contact made. Um, but the ref was actually encouraged to go and have a look at this one on the 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 pit side monitor. And can't work out as to why that give was it. given um, <laughs> uh, and um, w- there was no kind of encouragement for the ref to go and have a look at the, the decision. And therefore um, yeah, they obviously converted, grabbed a, a very late winner. We were down to 10 men, so played the majority of the second half uh, with 10 men. I think we gave a good account for ourselves yeah. but once again it shows the inconsistencies of ER and yeah, it can suck my balls.
0: Well, I think from from the picture that we've got on the screen of obviously Edison taking out Odegaard, the Ball is is nowhere to be seen in Edison's challenge. And the thing that does it for me is to look on Nathan Aki's face, Bernardo Silva's face, and Ruben Diaz's face. They're all like, because they know that's a penalty. Um, obviously, it wasn't given, but this is now the second time in in almost as many weeks that we've seen Edison take out a player and get away with it. Now, I'm not saying there's big club favoritism, or potentially even worse, than that, but know, it seems a bit—it been... seems a bit fishy to me.
2: <laughs> but there's big club favoritism, <laughs> just, yeah, um,
0: yeah. So, but again, it's a decision that has affected the result of the game. Um, if obviously you hadn't have, or you had have got the penalty, you may have missed it. There is that, uh, but not nine
1: times out of ten the penalty goes in. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's it's a difficult. I I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to fix it because they're
2: they're clearly not interested
0: in it anymore.
2: Um, and I think I think one of the most infuriating things is that you can see ex players and pundits confirming that it should be this. It should have been given for X, Y, Z reason. Yes. It's not just specifically this this decision. There have been multiple decisions that VR has got incorrectly, or the match officials have got incorrect. And when you when you're taking into account these people are ex professionals or current professionals, depending on who's who's the pundit at the time, um, that there needs to be something taken into account for that. When you've got referees basically licking each other's asses or or not or too scared to to override a senior match official then there's something wrong yes there's definitely something wrong and until the um the officials receive further training or we just completely scrap the current officials and get new officials coming in it's it's going to be it's going to be someone else's um sorry it's, it the problems are, are still going to continue I think one of the things that needs to be kind of addressed is, is the whole consistency thing is that again, you can, I've, I've said it before. You've said it before. Everyone's kind of said it before. It it all comes down to um, an interpretation of the current footage that's in front of you. Four out of five people could look at something and say, no, that's, that's wrong. And then you've got one person that says, no, well, that's right because of this reason. It's all subjective. Sometimes it's not subjective. Obviously, when you look at that decision specifically, there's nothing subjective about it. It's incorrect. It's an incorrect decision. You can see that Edison has fouled Martin Erdegaard. Yes, there's nothing subjective about it at all. And again, when you're looking at pundits, ex-professionals that are saying that's wrong, that should have been given. <clears throat> and then you get some twat that goes, oh, no, it's not been given because of this reason, blah, blah, blah. then <clears throat> they, they need to receive further education or we'll take training from somewhere else because it's, it's wrong. Here's the thing, right, is I had a look on the Premier League
0: website because I thought maybe they've released a statement because there has been a lot of uproar and a lot of controversy in recent weeks. They haven't released a statement or changed anything about VAR since June of 2020, might be July of 2020. Um, And one of the things there is it says obviously it's not 100% accurate, which is silly because it's it's, this video referee, so it should be 100% accurate. But also, it does state quite clearly on there as one of their five or six points that the decision will be given to the on field official to make. Now, that means and there's certain criteria for that red card offenses thousand the of penny box things like that handballs. if the referee should be going over to that little screen every time not not sometimes not when you think oh it could be every time it should be you need to look at this one we'll put it on the screen for you simple as and let him make the decision himself because then you haven't got overall an on-field official because he can overrule himself um as you see some of them have done. Um. But why why are they only encouraging sometimes to go over to the screen? Well, I know there's there's a, a thing about taking too long. It shouldn't take too long. You, you run over, you look at that from one angle and you go, he's not got nothing at the ball, he's only sent a player penalty. It's it's a it's a 30 seconds. Well, it's it's not. It's as long as it takes you to run over to the screen decision. You know what I mean? Um, but moving on to controversial decision number two. Now I'd cast your mind back. a few weeks mike and we had a podcast that was entitled marnay from the top rope again we see him with one of his flying elbows uh so we've put that on the screen Uh, on aspera in the the 37th second or something um he goes in with a flying elbow when you look at the the video of it he looks at aspera elbows him and then jumps so Quite clearly, he knows a player's here, and he's intentionally elbowed him in the head. He got a yellow for it. But having been known to be a player who likes to elbow other people in the head, surely that's endangering a player, and therefore, he's a straight red.
2: I completely agree. Um, this is a player that we've seen also so often have commit fouls against us in recent times. Um... Obviously, the, the Elbow and Chiarantini, not last season, possibly the season before. Might have even have been the start of last season. Um, and I can't remember who was the other player who come flying in uh, for... It, was either in, it might have actually been the last game that we played against Liverpool where we received an absolute drubbing from them. Um, but again, I don't... I, I I kind of sit on the fence with this one a little bit. Because I think one of the um, one of the things you need to take into account is the intent of the player. Now, obviously, for this this particular one, obviously you have mentioned there that he's kind of looked at Asper laqueta thrown the elbow, and then jumped. Yeah, and we saw kind of something similar to um, to that against Kieran Tierney. He kind of looked at him, smashed his arm up into his face, and then kind of went to shield the ball again. But I think one of the difficult things that we've got there is is proving the intent. Was it an accident? I think both, or in fact, anyone would know. Anyone that's not a Liverpool player or a Liverpool fan in this particular instance will look at that decision and go, that's, that's disgusting, yada, yada. But any Liverpool fan would be like, well, no, um, it's just kind of shielding the ball or um, you have to use your arms to jump or, or some other bullshit like that. So I think for for something like that, because there will be that divide, it obviously will then cast that element of doubt, I think, in my opinion, which is why there's always the 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 argument about endangering the player. I mean, if you come through um a sliding tackle, your foot knee height or shin height, then you're asking for trouble. That's yeah. that I think is endangering the player. Um potentially ruin their, their career depending on the outcome of the challenge whereas something like a, a fl- flailing elbow or um something like that it's yes there is a risk of an injury um but it's it's possibly something a bit of a magic sponge or a bit of um vaseline or where, whatever the case may be it's, it's not going to ruin their careers for that momentary hmm. aggression so i for for me i th- you can you can see why people are arguing against it. Don't get me wrong, um, but I think from what I've just said, I think a yellow card may have been sufficient. Okay, just my personal opinion. Fair
0: enough. I think the what the way to the to determine it is if you were to run a poll straight away um, and do it. I think majority of people will say it's a foul. I think you're right. Liverpool fans will say it's not a chance. If it was the other way around, they would be calling for his head um and that's what I think is silly about it, it is unfortunately, uh, we're able to have quite some civil conversations about football. We don't always agree, which is a good thing that's what football's about there's a difference of opinions. A lot of football fans you can't have a decent conversation with because they're so single track minded I'm right, I'm not listening to anyone else and and you can't have a subjective sort of Conversation about football, uh, which I think is a real shame, um, mm-hmm. but maybe that's what needs to, to happen. Maybe there needs to be a panel of three in the VAR room uh, if they're not going to refer it over to the, the referees. Panel of three, majority of this There's always going to be a majority, isn't it? Uh, yep. And and then go straight with that decision. That is what it is. The referees either right or is wrong. Um,
1: yep. It's a suggestion.
0: Back to the normal screen because that's all the, the controversies I could, I could have thought of this week there's probably more that we've missed but <laughs> obviously jared bowen got a goal disallowed for a very light thing he did kick, kick the bloke in the shin fair enough but it was like it wasn't anything major when you look at him in uh real speed um obviously since we last met west ham dropped out of the competition against a Spurs team who
1: struggled to win against us. Um, We have no
0: defence. We had no strike. And we still managed to sort of give it a good go. Now, you mentioned about, obviously, the resurgence of Tottenham, the resurgence of Uh Manchester United. we see Manchester United lose last night to Wolves 1-0. Do you think Manchester United got it wrong in not pursuing Conte? And the reason I say that is, is obviously, Ragnick, they've they've brought in a, a bloke to go into the backroom staff afterwards as a director of football and, and do that side sort of thing. So there is a, obviously a plan. there. However, those Manchester United fan, or Manchester United players don't seem to have bought into his philosophy because they know he's only going to be there at most a year, eighteen months. Now Tottenham, okay, although they are
1: playing poorly still. You know, at minimum, they are going to be tenacious and they are going to be made to
0: be fit and to chase the ball Um, I think that Tottenham, personally, are going to finish above Manchester United for that exact reason. What's your take on that?
2: Again, I mentioned um, earlier on that they are a team, I suppose, I'm a little bit worried about. Obviously, we've got them in a couple of weeks. Um, in the North London Derby back in the Premier League, I think it's the first Premier League game back for us after these uh, runner cup games um i've got to be honest um because they've got games in hand i think that's that's one of the things that's um making me kind of worry a little bit um obviously we're again just going back to the 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 African cup of nations um where they're looking to uh for, sorry players. Potentially being absent from that. Um, I can't think of who in the the Spurs team would be going to that. Um, but when you look at the likes of Thomas Partey, he's a guy that's kind of grown into the Arsenal, uh, the Arsenal squad more so this season than last season. Don't get me wrong, he's still having um a few kind of iffy games, but I'd say in the last three weeks or so, it is has been his best spell in an Arsenal shirt. Um so with with the likes of son harry kane obviously harry kane was having a bit of a torrid time at the start of the season um has has kind of picked picked up a few goals here and there um but again spurs they've had a few hit and miss results recently as well um i do th- I, d- I do agree with you that i think they will finish above man united um but there is a, i've got to say a genuine worry that they will finish above us this season yeah um just because again because they've got two games in hand over us they're only five points behind us i believe um so there yeah there is a, a genuine concern
0: yeah i mean they, they, you're right they've got two games in hand they're a point behind us two points behind you. if they win both those games in hand, i don't know who they're against that's the trouble he's i don't know it could be leicester and everton it could be burnley it, with the amount of cancellation, I think one of them is Burnley, isn't it? Because that was postponed for yeah. snow. Um, so again, it's, it's, it's one of those things you, you know, Burnley's going to be a well, not as difficult a game as it has been in recent years, but it, you know, it's going to be a tough physical game. Um, essentially, they're there, they are there for the taking. I think, I don't think they, the quality is there in the squad, but I think hard work gets you a long way, it makes up for that lack of talent. Um yep. And I think in some senses that's what got Arsenal through was the hard work going in on a training ground. It wasn't always necessarily converting to to results at the beginning of the season, but you can see they've been working hard and now they've got a few wins together and that confidence is meaning that you're playing well. Um mm-hmm. I just I, I can see them getting in the top four, you know. And yeah. and, and it that, that pains me to say because I, I want to get in the top. Four. Um, I don't think we will. I think a lack of signings and a lack of squad depth has started to show, especially after a few injuries. Um, and the excuses before before new year, the excuses from David Moyes are already coming out. Obviously, we want to get the right players in. We don't just want any player. And that essentially means you're not going to sign anyone. We've seen that the last few years. I
1: get they don't want to pay over the odds, but in the same breath, we've
0: got no defenders. No first-team defenders, because uh, Zuma's out, is out, Cresswell's out. Johnson's just come back, and obviously Souffal is in and out of the team. in a minute. Antonio is going off in January to play for Jamaica three or four times. So that leaves us without a striker. Ben Rahm was out at Afton. Uh
1: So we're, we're down to bare bones, you know? And... Mm-hmm. Uh, like
0: we've got Vlasic, Okay, scored a goal the other day, but he's not—he's not top top quality. For now, seems to have fallen off a bit. Um, Brian Fredericks, Yarmolenko—you know—they're not players. You go, oh, get him in the first team. We're gonna—we're gonna run riot with ease in the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just—I—I I fear that a good start to the season and all that hard work will come to absolutely nothing in six or seven weeks.
2: I think it would be good to, to revisit this, this particular conversation in six or seven weeks once um, we get some of the cup games out of the way and some of these overdue fixtures played out. Yes. Um, Because I think once we start getting towards the, the February march, we're definitely going to have a, a better understanding of where teams are going to be. Um, So maybe we, we kind of put a pin in this conversation yeah. right here. Um, and then re re look at it in a, a few weeks time and see what was what, what on in.
0: Mm, I, I I think you're right. And one more thing of big news: Southampton, who have been known as a selling club, have been taken over by a Serbian tycoon um, for 100 million quid. Mm-hmm. A bit of an odd time to do it, literally like for for before the third, fourth day of the, uh, the transfer window. Usually they wait till afterwards. Um, but. Do you see Southampton being worth only a third of what Newcastle was sold
1: for?
0: The reason I say that is Newcastle, you're buying, you're buying into the heart of a city, is what I would say. But, but when you look at Southampton's academy and the, the players that they've sold over, mainly to Liverpool, that's going to keep coming. For a while, mm. yeah, they, they, they've got very good youth in Southampton, and for it to only be worth a third, I think either Mike Ashley is phenomenal at business, or um, <laughs> the the people have bought. Southampton may be a little <laughs> bit, yeah, uh, but yeah, so but
2: a third, a third, a hundred, only a hundred million quid. Do you know what? I didn't actually think when I saw that uh, that news breaking earlier, I was I I didn't even kind of put it into perspective um with the likes of Newcastle and the consortium that took that over. Uh, but now you've now you mentioned it, it does uh, that's that sounds incredible. It, now here's the other thing. Would you rather
0: have Southampton Football Club as a whole? That includes obviously under-18s, under 23s, women's teams, everything like that, stadium. Training ground or would you have Jack Grealish
2: <laughs> yeah good point
0: they're the same price uh, what we're saying is Jack yeah. Grealish is the equivalent of one Southampton
2: <laughs> FC yeah <laughs> th- that's the crazy thing that is mental and an even better analogy than the Newcastle one I think that is mental Absolutely mental. Good fault. Good fault.
0: I don't want to say football You're mad, but you has gone mad. Yeah. It's what it is. It's what it is. I don't have any more news, actually, for this week. This no, me neither. Me so, neither. So in that case, then, we will leave you right now. And as always, I've been Ian. I've been Mike. We've been on the air and we are FDT TV and we will see you next
1: week. Thanks very much, guys. Happy New Year.